It's Tuesday, January the 2nd, 2024. Let us gather together and experience the goodness of God. I'm Pastor Trey Comstock. We'll begin with our scripture of the week, Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40, and a piece by Pastor Emily Larson entitled, All 12 Days of Christmas. Then, Pastor Emily and I will talk scripture and our plans for rebuilding a church in 2024. But first... A reading from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Holy Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment she came and began to praise God and speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Did you know that there are actually 12 days of Christmas? Not just the popular English Christmas carol with the two turtle doves and five golden rings. In our liturgical calendar in the church, Christmas actually lasts for 12 days, beginning on December 25th. So we are technically still in the Christmas season. So leave up your Christmas tree and your decorations. Don't let anybody tell you that you have to take down your Christmas lights. We are still in it. It's not over yet, folks. But whether you are singing about the 12 days of Christmas and the two turtle doves or not, one inescapable part of this high holy day is the tradition of gift giving. While most of us probably didn't give anybody a partridge in a pear tree this year, we probably all celebrated the birth of Jesus and the coming of the Messiah, God with us, Emmanuel, with some sort of gift giving. I've learned over the years that there are two types of people during this time of gift exchanges, those that like to be surprised and those that like to figure out what's in the box before they unwrap it. While I fall into the former category, and I don't mind being surprised, 
My husband is a notorious gift guesser. It doesn't matter how I wrap things up, whether I use a deceptively large box or put extra padding and paper all around it, or uh, if I weigh it down with something just to throw him off the scent, he can usually still guess what's in the package before he starts to unwrap it. He can see what's coming no matter what sort of bundle it's hidden in. Anna and Simeon in today's story were not thrown off by the package and the wrappings of the Messiah that day when Mary and Joseph brought him into the temple. While many in Jerusalem were expecting the Messiah to arrive with all the wrappings and trappings of a king prepared to overthrow the Roman government and uh, reestablish a throne on earth as they had known it before, Anna and Simeon were instead guided by the Holy Spirit. They instantly recognized Jesus as the Messiah in spite of his humble birth and beginnings and into this unobtrusive family from Nazareth and Bethlehem. I think that when it comes down to it, being a good gift guesser and recognizing the good things that are coming our way can all come down to an attitude of expectation. My husband is good at guessing gifts because he knows and trusts the givers of the gifts. The prophets Anna and Simeon recognized Jesus because they also knew the giver of all good gifts. They were waiting in the temple with anticipation. And when their expectations were fulfilled, they reacted appropriately with joy and thanksgiving. They trusted in God's promise of the coming Messiah. So they were ready to recognize him when he showed up in spite of his humble birth and his unassuming entrance into the world. We can trust in God's promises. We can have faith in the giver of all good gifts. God keeps God's promises. We can see in scripture over and over again where Old Testament prophecies are fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. We can look to the testimonies of the great cloud of witnesses that has gone on before us who attest to the goodness and to the steadfastness of God and to the fulfillment of God's promises throughout time eternal. We can trust in the ongoing work of redemption that God has been and will continue to bring about in the world. We can receive God's good gifts with joy and expectation, knowing that God is at work in our lives and in the world around us. As we move into the new year, I invite us all to open up our eyes to the goodness of God. I like to start every new year by re-examining a prayer by John Wesley. It's a recommitment to a covenant with God that helps me to refocus and reprioritize my life as I try to orient myself and my will towards the will of God for my life. And so I invite you to pray this prayer with me as we start 2024 off on the right foot recognizing the goodness of God. Father in heaven, I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for thee or laid aside for thee, exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine and I am thine. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, 
let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. So as you heard in today's piece, uh, there was some focus on Christmas, but also some focus uh, leading into the future. Um, Anna and Simeon are those people that we only see once a year in the lectionary, but we see them every year um, in this time of the lectionary. It's a lot of fun to look at them. I had a pastor friend of mine actually describe this particular section of scripture as Snoozeville lately because they feel, felt like they had preached on it too often. Um, but I actually really like Anna and Simeon. Um, I like their faithfulness. I like their uh, set-apartness as they are anointed, as they're in the temple. Um, I like the parallels that we can see between them and the Old Testament. So I really liked digging into the scripture this week. I, um, so I think that's one of, like, the, the Snoozeville comment is one of those real, like, preacher inside baseball things that I I don't know that congregations experience. The, yeah. This is, it's the strange psychology of, like, because there are, there are things that I get tired of talking about, too. Uh, or, like, struggle. I, I had this problem when we circle back to John the Baptist a few weeks ago. Like, what, I think, what do you say, what else do you say about John the Baptist? And I'm not... After you've preached about John the Baptist 20 times, right. how do you keep talking about John the Baptist? Right, or, or you know, I do, coming from the Candler School of Theology, I do as, you know, Mary, the, the episode that's missing, right, that, you know, that I preached on, but we didn't do an episode on because we gave ourselves a week off for the holiday, um, right. is Mary. The so, Magnificat. The Magnificat, right? right? Every year at the seminary I went to, we did, I was on the worship team and we would do a service on the Magnificat and that focused on Mary. And I have carried that tradition forward. So that means that for 10 years, um, I have tried to come up with something, you know, I keep moving. And so that helps, but like, you know, but I, I, I actually wonder, you know, this is not your actual point, but I, I do wonder if the like desire for originality is just not necessarily something that you know, a congregations want or that the lectionary is built for, right? One of the reasons we come across Anna and Simeon every year is the same way, way, why Jesus gets born every year. It's the same reason why Jesus dies every year. It's the same reason why Jesus rises again every year that we spend the first, whatever, five months, you know, more five, six months, more or less December to May, June, telling the same arc that begins with the nativity and ends with Pentecost. And so yes. that's why, you know, we don't necessarily need to, and I, and I say this myself as someone who spends hours of my week, every week trying to come up with something new to say about these ancient <laughs> stories that actually one of the things we're doing is deliberately telling the same story Every year, the Christian year is built. That half one is you tell the exact same story with the exact, the plot beats don't change, right? Jesus, right. you know, is announced. Jesus is born. Jesus goes to, you know, goes to Jerusalem. In, you know, his family encounters Anna and Simeon. He, you know, slips away from his, the next, you know, if you had another Sunday at Christmas, the next one is where he slips away from his family. What, weren't you looking for me in your my father's house? You idiot 12-year-old. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, we, we, we deliberately do this. It is. It is. And it might be that, you know, talk to me again in 25 years. And after I've preached on this 25 more times, I'll feel differently about Anna and Simeon. But right now, they're still some of my favorite characters. They're so faithful right. 
the way that they are. And it makes a point. This scripture makes a point of saying that the Holy Spirit rested on Simeon, that Anna lived at the temple for all of her life after, you know, her widowhood. Um, and so just their faithfulness and their anointedness and their their instant recognition of the Messiah as Jesus enters the temple. Um, I love that. I love that it didn't matter that Jesus didn't come in. You know, it's it's very much like when uh, on Palm Sunday, Sunday yeah. we say Jesus Jesus came in on a donkey. Jesus didn't yeah. come in, you know, on a war horse. Um, but that, you know, it was a very humble on a donkey. Jesus is just entering the temple um, as a baby to do the, to fulfill the law, right? To do the rituals that are required by the law, um, the purification of Mary, the purification and the set apartness of Jesus according to the law of the Lord. Um, very simple, very, you know, humble beginnings. And yet Anna and Simeon recognize instantly that this is the Messiah. Um, Simeon in particular has been told that he is going to see the Messiah before he dies and now he has. I also... And so it's very neat. I, I find, you know, if you think about, like, modern church life, Anna in particular is one of the most realistic characters in all of Scripture. Because we know a lot, uh, you know, the, the church is, you know, built on church ladies, right? That a lot of... Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and, and apparently this is <laughs> a 2,000-year-old tradition that, like, um, I absolutely believe... Um, that, uh, you know, a, a, a widow has dedicated herself to God and, um, is at the temple every time it's open. Like we all know the, we all know that person, we all know this person, right? They're in our congregations. Um, They're in our and, churches. And, and so there is like, a, a, you know, a, there is a, like a very realistic, you know, they have different titles and it works differently, but we know these like deeply spiritual older folks um, that actually understand how God is moving. And that's yeah. Anna and that's Simeon. And, you know, I, I, I can absolutely picture this. Like this is, um, again, <laughs> title, you know, the names have been changed because the times have changed, but this is, right. this is absolutely the, like the older folks in the church who, are deeply spiritual and can see what's happening regardless. Oh yeah. As you put it very well, regardless of the wrapper it's put in. Right. But yeah, we can certainly all name that person. The ones that I grew up with were like mama Lynn and yeah. Miss Peggy. And then I've had like a Mary and a Helen and other people. There's always that one woman who is, so, and it is very, very relatable. They're, they still exist today. Yeah. That person who's dedicated their lives to being at the church every time the door is open. Yeah. And I, I do love, and those are the people that we can look to when we are trying to pattern our own lives to recognize what is around us, what God is already doing. I think so often we, especially as clergy, we will look around and go, well, you know, I've been called to this, um, or I have to go do this because, you know, this is the work that God's called me to. But but we don't stop to recognize that God has already been working before we got yeah. there. In that prevenient grace, um, the things that God is doing in spite of us, yeah. not because of us. We've said that phrase yeah. here before. Uh -huh. um, but that when we go to do the kingdom building work of God, that we're just joining in with a mission that's already going on. Well, you know, and just that we can <laughs> to, to, to look back to another 
kind of point you you talked about like Jesus triumphal entry right Palm Sunday that is you know deliberately humble and this but you look at you know each of his interactions with the temple um he is not there he is there as a worshiper he is there as um a participator um he is there to, you know, he, he drives them, you know, drives out the money changers, right? But, like, in all of these, like, he, this part of the, like, interaction with the temple is, looks at Jesus's humility, looks at Jesus comes to serve, right? He could walk into the temple and say, yeah, no, um, this is my house. Uh, and I'm in charge. And I'm in charge. Worship me. <laughs> And instead, he comes to observe the rites. He comes to teach and learn. Um, he comes to clean it up. Um, he comes to, you know, be a part of the Passover. And then ends up getting arrested and killed for it. Um, but in all, like it is, it, it nods to over and over and over again. And, and, and him being a baby at all, right? is right. that being born yeah. as a vulnerable infant right that is, is that incredible that humanity of god the humanity of christ that this is you know that even christ god among us right savior of it all uh you know um the you know john one text in the beginning was the word and the word was made flesh and the word was with god right like all of that is in this baby that humbly is being, you know, carried and fed and, you know, I don't know how diapers worked in the ancient world. Don't ask me, but like something happened. Um, Right. You know, but completely dependent upon parents, completely dependent upon Mary, upon Joseph for sustenance, for survival. Um, Absolutely. That fragility of humanness in this baby of Jesus Christ. And so very humbling to think about. Right. And yet, you know, again, speaks to the the spiritual power of Anna and Simeon. None of that phases them one iota. They just go, yep, okay, that, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um Yep. We talked That's to, God, Emmanuel, God with us. Well, we, we talked <laughs> about last last time we recorded, which for us was like two days ago, but for y'all is like two weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just how that goes. Um, end of the year scheduling. Is, the magic of television. Magic of television. <laughs> um, we don't look, we may not even look like this now. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> we talked about like one of the things that stood out to us from 2023 is that it's the thing that happens doesn't may not look the way you think it's going to. And the surprising element of God's nature, the way that if you get in line with the Holy spirit, if you start to move and groove with the mission and with the vision of redemption that God has for the world, that you will constantly be surprised, even though God's done this before and God continues to work in this pattern of redemption. God still surprises us. Yeah, I was, uh, I, I'm often, I am often shocked by, pleasantly shocked, by the quarters from which the, like, answer to a church challenge or the answer to a life challenge or the, you know, whatever comes from this unexpected quarter. And mm-hmm. this is part of the lesson we're supposed to take from the incarnation and then, pfft, 
promptly forget. It's the lesson we're supposed to take from Anna and Simeon and then promptly forget, you know, you and I live our own version of this, even to this day as people in our mid to late thirties, um, you know, pushing 40 tray is the word you're you're looking for. You're pushing 40. I'm not pushing anything. Uh, (laughs) uh, We still get the like, well, you're too young to be doing this. Right, that's and right. there are a thousand versions of this, but the the version of this that we have experienced over and over and over again as people who have been at this for over twenty years um, is we still get the well, you're too young to be doing this, um, or you know uh, you have uh, uh, your my, our wisdom your the your wisdom is nothing compared to our wisdom or whatever right and and it takes you know we we just had a you know five minutes ago talked about the the joy of deeply spiritual older members of the congregation right it takes all sorts but um and and it, this is not just about like hey respect us as young young or young ish young adjacent clergy um this is that broader of i'm not sure how well we've really learned this lesson we really do still then look for specific rappers by which the Holy Spirit shows up. Um, right. Like we, we do that like essentially immediately. Like it looks like this, it smells like this, um, it's dressed like this and, and what those things are perhaps shift over time. Uh, but you know, Jesus, but it's still that, that phrase of that's the way it's always been, yeah. or that's the way we've always done it. Or that's yeah. the, like, this is, you know, I, I'll never forget. This is obviously advice I didn't take. Um, I had a mentor in seminary that was like, yeah, no, uh, you, as a pastor, you need to look like a bank president because that's kind of like what you are in the town that you're in is you, you're like a bank president. So you should like dress like a bank president and like carry yourself like a bank president. And certainly this dude did carry himself like a bank president. Um, and I, I mean, obviously, you know, for those of you watching the video version, I'm wearing, you know, a Astro's hat and a hoodie. Uh, so <laughs> looks like, nothing like uh, a bank president well, kind like, of dressed like uh, a. I, I was I, I was saying the pre-show. This is uh, East Coast dad took his kid to school on the subway. Um, this is that's yep. this that's what my look is. Uh, this that's morning. the vibe. That's the vibe for sure. Um, uh, yeah. Except to be a Yankees hat, but I I can't. Um, and. Obviously, I didn't take that advice because part of my, I don't know if shtick is the right word, but part of my, like, thesis statement is I am not necessarily going to make myself look the way you expect, in part because we all need to learn the lesson that divine wisdom can come in whatever wrapper God decides to put it in. Um, whether that be young clergy with tattoos, whether that be, you know, you know, Gen Z with strange hair, whether that be infant destined to save humanity, right? Like, and the deep spiritual power of Anna and Simeon are that they can see it. And so often in, this is one of those places where we just like fall on our faces over and over again, that whatever is, whether it is like, you know, uh, uh, not and uh, young clergy happens to be my or younger people happens to be my bugbear because it's the thing that we've dealt with for t- over twenty years, and then watch us doing again. And I'm like, what are we? Do- what What are we doing? Stop! What are we doing? Why are we destined? Why is this a cycle that we're destined to repeat? 
Um, right. I did a staging of, uh, I have a, a staging of the, uh, the, the calling of Mary, um, where Mary is like a, you know, I, I age her up cause it's set in the modern day. And so right, she was like 16, but so I, you know, I age her up to like 24, um, you know, young woman planning her wedding. Um, and the angel Gabriel is a homeless guy. Um, Greetings, oh favored nice. one. The Lord is with you, right? This like is a homeless guy, um, and the whole interaction between Mary and Gabriel is, you know, Mary is, you know, whatever, like middle class woman planning her, you know, five thousand, ten thousand. How much a wedding is now? Forty thousand dollar wedding? I have no idea. Oh yeah, something I, ridiculous. Something ridiculous. Um, and Gabriel's a homeless guy because again, that also gets at the like. Uh, unexpected right like moses was not right. the expected rapper for the savior of god's people he grew up in pharaoh's house I, I, yeah. we the do not be afraid part of every time an angel shows right. up to tell somebody something it's that unexpected for sure and then also slightly terrifying yeah slightly terrifying um like being yelled at by a homeless guy on the street right telling you that god has chosen you um but then we don't learn that, you know, we as Christians, we as church, we as theoretically expressions of, you know, the divine in human space, don't learn that lesson. And we go, yeah, but you don't look right. Yeah, but you don't have the right credential. Yeah, but like, no, you smell funny. Like, you don't, what are you talking about? You don't pay the bills of this church. How can you have you know, the wisdom, you just, you're a new member. You, you know, you don't know how we've always done it. And well, yeah. That's, that's the other one is new member, yeah. right? Uh -huh. The visitors and the people that are walking in, maybe recognize that they have something to contribute to. Yeah. Uh, but this, you know, why, uh, this, this is Esther, right? Like, you know, why is the, you know, teenager saving, the teenager saves God's people. And, you know, Mordecai has the wisdom to go, Esther, Look, God's going to do this with you or without you, but it would be a lot easier. Uh, if you'd get on board. If you'd get on board. Like, help, if you'd get on board, Esther, that'd be great. Help out here, friendo, because that would be great. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, so I, I think there is, like, certainly there is this, like, yes, they saw Jesus, and this is, you know, Luke, you know, telling the end in the beginning. And so there's that part of it, and that is narrative, narratively important, and these are heroes of the faith. But I think part of that lesson of this, certainly the whole, the whole incarnation, but gets housed here, is they are able to see past the expected when, like, the, you know, the crowd and probably Judas in the end couldn't, right? Hey, it's, the, right. you know, this is not the thing we thought is happening, um, I'm going to sell you out to the, you know, temple. Yes. That there is, turns out, God can move however God chooses. And this is why we need to be spiritually awake to this and not just have the like, this is what church, this is what God's wisdom, this is the wrapper in which God's wisdom comes, whether it be a pastor dressed like a bank president or, you know, person in big beard, long flowing robes. Take your pick, right? Like we all have our images, um, you know, you know yes. giant, whatever, right? Like, or um, 
you know, the, the very specific kind of, uh, well-groomed that, you know, the, the well-groomed evangelical hipster pastor, like there's a whole, like, there's a whole, that's a whole other genre. There's a whole thing. Yeah. Contemporvent. Contemporvent, right. There's a, there is an entire other genre of, enti- of well-groomed, but millennial. Well-groomed, female. like millennial, uh, but like. Forearm tattoo. Forearm tattoo, but know. like, but like, yeah. but there's like a. Um, there's an uncanny, I always feel the uncanny valley of it, of like, huh? Like, okay, but like, you know, uncanny valley, but like, you start to notice just the little details are slightly off, um, you know, and, and, or, or like the, that God's wisdom comes from the person that is weird, scary, Christian happy, right? That may, oh, that, yeah, that, that yeah, yeah. may not even be like a rapper, it just may be like an attitude, um, and I, well, I was watching, it wasn't Happy Shiny People, but I also have watched Happy Shiny People. That's a thing we should also review for this show. Yes. Um, is, yes, is Happy should. Shiny People. Um, some, anyway, so some sports documentary where like, I think it was Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow gives me the like, the, the like, I mean, God love you. I'm really glad that that is like the character that God has given you. But like, dude, I am never going to be, um, that kind the of happy, shiny, people. that kind of Christian happy. I don't, right. I don't have that. And if that's a well, prerequisite for the spiritual life, I'm host. Right. Well, and that's the, you know, maybe it doesn't feel like you think it, it does yeah. either. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe it doesn't look like you think it does, but maybe, maybe it doesn't, maybe it isn't a feeling either. Maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store, right. right? Like it's, this is the Grinch moment of, you know, realizing that it's about more than that, um, more than the feeling, more than the wrappings, more than the, whatever it is, you know, put your label on it, but realizing that where God is moving and who God is and what God is doing might be different than what you had originally thought or what you had originally expected. Right. Turns out, and that God is moving whether you recognize it or not, right? Like, Anna and Simeon didn't make anything happen. God made something happen, and they recognized it, even if no, even if very few other people, yeah, and on board with it, right? And so at that point, the early Jesus movement is John the Baptist, who is an infant, Jesus, who is also an infant, Jesus' immediate family, Elizabeth and Zechariah, Anna and Simeon. And that's it. And the, sh- yep. and the shepherds. And the shepherds are also... The shepherds, yeah. Um, and at some point, we're going to, you know, uh, uh, next week, we're going to add the wise men to this. Um, right. Magi come later. Right. But e- so, uh, you know, and this is going to transition well into our next segment, but like, this is very humble beginnings, right? Like, it's like less than 20 people. Um, <laughs> none of them have four dimes to rub together. Like, it's a bunch of, right. like, it, it's like around 20 working class people, including, and, and, you know, 10% of them are infants. Um, <laughs> it's just, yep. it's not a, like, and then, you know, from that comes modern Christianity. And like a, there is a direct line to this very small, this 20, you know, one extended family and some shepherds again, shepherds, not 
wealthy guys. Um, right. Uh, and, and two prophets in the temple. And two prophets in the temple. And eventually mm-hmm. we're going to add some magi who, by the way, are Gentiles. Um, and so, yeah, right. they're, they're wealthy dudes, but they don't fit either. Um, and so, yeah. so it starts from this like very humble, very working class, very strange beginnings. And so, you know, um, so we'll talk yes. about and how to research church. Like if things don't look the way you think it's going to, why do you ever think it's going to look any kind of way? The first, the the birth of all of this, it's a kid placed in a manger, add on some shepherds, add on his weird cousin and his weird cousin's family, add on some truly ancient prophets um, and some weird goods that may or may not have been, there may or may not have been three and may or may not have been riding camels. We don't know. Right. The Bible didn't say that. But I do like that this scripture says that the light for the revelation is for the Gentiles as well as for the glory of your people, Israel. And that even Simeon got that. Got that. Right. Because of this anointing with the Holy Spirit, Simeon understood. It's not just that it's in a different wrapper and I recognize it, but that it's also not just for me as an Israelite, yeah. it is for everybody. It well, is for the Gentiles too. And the, so that's just part of recognizing where God is moving and what God is doing. And this is a far bigger project than kicking out the Romans. That, that, yep. that, which was one of the like versions of the Messiah. So finally the Messiah is going to run off the Romans. So much bigger project right. than that. Um, right. Speaking of bigger projects on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about what are we it, 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 for us in real time, it is not yet 2024, but for you in real time, it is 2024. Um, and so what work are we going to, what are, what are our plans, right? If we talked about what did we learn, that was a looking back, looking forward, like, what do we think? And then at the end of next year, we'll do like a year in review. Like, d- did we do these things? Um, but based on what we think makes sense at this moment, um, here are the five things that we're going to try to accomplish um, as a church this year based on what we know so far. Uh, We'll be right back. And we're back uh, for our segment of How to Research Church. And and, and this is How to Research Church Future Looking Edition. What do we think we're going to try and do for the next year? to do the work of, you know, continuing the restart of Servants of Christ United Methodist Parish. Like, what is, like, you know, these are dangerous statements to make because we're committing, hey, we're committing ourselves to it. Uh, But part of it is, you know, the things I thought we were going to do in 2022, as we talked about at the end of last show, like, did not happen. Um, Wasn't where we ended up going. Wasn't where we ended up going. Um, and that's, you know, that's the danger, but also I think, you know, I want to, part of what we want to do with the show is like externalize our own thought process and let, let that be seen as evolving, right? That we can, we're trying to externalize like the data that we're taking in and the information that we're taking in and what we're learning as we go, what we're running into as we go 
And so he any, so that if you are also restarting a church, yeah. you can maybe see our process and help you internalize and externalize your own process for whatever projects you're in right now. Well, and if your projects are anything like our projects and you're like, man, I thought I was going to do all these things and none of those happen. And all we can say is same. Yeah, same. man. Talk, talk to us about it. Yeah. Email us about e- that. Email us. pod at gmail.com. Like, you want to just commiserate mm-hmm. about, like, yeah, no, I really thought we were going to do X, and then we didn't. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> word. Word We up. got you, dude. We got you, dude. I know. <laughs> um, so, the, so the first thing we're, we really intend to do this year is we intend to survive. Um, you know, I, I think of uh, uh, um, whatever bill it is. This is Paxton. Who's the president in... It, in Independence Day, it's Paxton, right? Not yeah, Pullman. yeah, yeah. I think I think are both the bills. Is it both Bill Pullman and Bill Paxton in that movie? Anyways, the president, I'm pretty sure, is Bill Paxton. Doesn't matter, right? Shout outs to both of them. Maybe I don't know. Um, right. So, I, but I, that speech yeah, that he yeah, gives yeah, right about, before they yeah, go up, which is I understand, is just the St. Crispin's Day speech, a la Shakespeare. But I didn't encounter Shakespeare first. I encountered Independence Day first. Um, and Me too. You know, what it is it? We're going to go on. We're going to survive, right? Like, the, you know, this is this is ours, right? We're going to go on. We're going to survive. Uh, and you know, I feel. Can you give that speech at the next board meeting? I, I feel I like it's I have relevant. used it in a worship context before. Um, I think yeah. that time I just played Bill Paxton. Um, I think this time I will play <laughs> Bill Paxton um, because I think you I should. think they could do this. I think it would be um, very entertaining. It's real yeah. short and worthwhile and worthwhile. Um, yeah, we may, but we're going to go on. We're going to survive. Um, I really like that. Is I have a very strange list of top moments in American cinema. That's on that list for me. It's up there. It's up there, right? Definitely up there. Um, in the same way that I think the uh, conversation about uh, why is Arthur King in Monty Python and the Holy Grail is one of the funniest things ever written in the English language. Um, yeah. You know, strange women lying in bonds. There's no basis for system of government. <laughs> True executive power is derived from a mandate for the masses, not farcical aquatic ceremonies. Some worried dart, early scimitar, me and a claim to resemble, they lock me away. Anyways, we're going to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to survive. That's and and I feel more confident saying that this year than I did last year. Um, last year, it really did seem like a pipe dream um, that we were going to live, um, and so it really felt like a, just a bold step in faith to intend to survive. Of tw- but we made but it we made to twenty twenty four. We made it. We made it. And, uh, you know, I I keep stressing how miraculous that is because up until April, it was an utter like it was a weekly job just to how do we like shovel enough like you know I, I've used the analogy that we didn't uh, up until April we didn't have a budget what we had was a coal shoot um we and and so you know I I always picture big steam engines um because I watch a lot of Thomas the Tank Engine and big steam engines are cool um and you know they have the 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 a container of coal in the back of the engine and then you have the person that shovels the coal into the engine that was our finances prior to April um was just as soon as coal hit the box it went into the furnace to keep the engine going um, yeah. and so I feel, you know, we, we, we talk about like budgets and spending rates and run rates and that's all really hopeful words for us. Um, because it is not just funneling in boys. Um, so we're going to survive. Step one, we're going to survive. 
Um, I feel pretty yeah. confident in that, but I, I, I don't want to ever take that off the list because every year that we make it is miraculous. And that we're in a position where we can think about the idea of making it is truly miraculous. And so that is definitely step one. Step two is by the end of this year, we need a plan of what is going to happen on our property, right? We talk a lot about like alternate incomes, alternate income streams and like redeveloping this. We have three acres of Houston, right? Um, to pull a right. line from line from pale blue dot on this rock, we take our stand right on this rock. We take our stand. We've been planted in this community right. for a hundred years to leave this spot or get too far from the spot would blow up the beauty of what is here. Um, because weirdly, not weirdly, praise be to God and the work of Yenny and her team in particular, and the church kind of coming around that work. Uh, we are yeah. now the vast majority of our folks live within a few miles of us. We are not a church yeah. where the most people are commuting in. Um, Without lots of means to reliable right. transportation. So staying put is actually important to the mission and ministry and vision of right. Servants of Christ. And, you know, I, I was in a meeting, you know, seek advice from a lot of people. I was in a meeting. It's like, yeah, you should just sell the property and that underwrites this. And I'm like, no, we're not going anywhere. We're not going right. anywhere. Because right. when we've looked at it. And to buy anything the scale of what we need, we happen to live in one of the more rapidly gentrifying zip codes in the country. And so we would blow all of our... We, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work. But also our current iteration of building and property upon that three acres is also going to change or evolve or grow into something new and usable. Unless we figure out that well. like dust-filled air is somehow good, can be bottled and sold. Um, right. That, and leaky roofs where yeah. it rains inside. My, I think I mentioned this on last week's show or the last show we did. My uh, wall is now, the, my office wall is now squishy. Part of my office wall. It, and again, this is not drywall. It's Which is solid, solid wood, wood. Is like, it's like a pillow. Um, even when it's not yeah. raining. Um, yeah. And now like there's audible <laughs> dripping noises. It's really healthy. Um, and so we know that the property we're staying at church. We're staying on this spot. On this spot, we do church, right? These are the, like, yeah. the preconditions we go in with. But our hold card, the thing we have, is three acres. And so yeah. we are, we, by the end of this year, we need a, co if not started on the plan, at least a coherent plan of how is this lot going to be reconfigured? What is going to be developed on this property? that gives us better ability to do the things we feel called to do as a church and also generates an income for us that we can afford to live without going to our, you know, largely, well, actually 50% of our congregations under the age of 18, largely not right. working because they're children, um, congregation right. and going, hi, I understand. Um, you are, are new here. Um, and, uh, in elementary school, uh, but also, well, we spend a lot we of... We need you to be a giving we, unit we need you for to the be congregation. Giving unit. I understand that, like, you and your three-year-old brother are the only members of your family currently attending this church. You now need to become a giving unit, my least favorite term for church <laughs> member. Um, yep. Uh, because, you know, we spend a lot of money, uh, you know, on your Christmas presents and on your food and on these lovely people to take care of you. And so uh, uh, we need you to tithe. 
oh, you don't make any money yet? No, that's a problem. Right? Like, this oh, is just not like, um, and it's not like they, but, paper routes are not a thing anymore, right? Like, it's just not. Right. Like, right. But but what does what does that property look yeah. like? And so working with experts that know even more than we do about, you know, what can we do with this great asset that we have, this asset-based ministry yeah. thing, right? This is, you know, how do we transform this into something workable, usable for the community, for the kingdom of God, um, and to ensure the long-term survival of the work that Servants of Christ United Methodist Church is doing right now. Right. That, that whatever ha- everything that happens on our property needs to be to the glory of God. Um, mm-hmm. But sometimes to the glory of God is bringing in businesses, affordable housing is always a thing that we talk about. I would love for that to be the thing. I don't know if that's, I really don't know if that's the thing. Um, I feel that, I think I've said this before, like I feel that in my heart, but this is why we seek other data, <laughs> right? Right. This is why you discern in community, in community. because everyone gets a say yeah. in the kingdom. Right. Because, you know, in my heart. Being part of a congregation. Deep in my heart. I know it's housing. I know it's housing. I've sat in so many meetings um, and so many presentations and lunches and breakfasts where we talk about there's a housing crisis in Houston. There's not enough affordable housing. Every major city in the country has this problem. The housing supply overall, particularly for middle income and lower folks, just isn't there nationwide. And particularly in the, you know, here we are in the, you know. Um, well, you're not. You're in Amarillo, but we are. This this yeah, yeah. show is based deep in the heart of Southeast Houston, right? They're in the the country's fourth large, largest city, and guess what? We've for you know, kind of middle class, you know, work and working class, and and you know, really struggling folks. There is not housing, and so actually, what's happening, and this is what happens in the in the neighborhood that I live in, is that richer people are buying up housing really meant for middle income people because there's not enough like anyways um right this is why it would cost like 400 grand to buy a house in my like very normal looking middle class neighborhood right where it's all just mm-hmm. largely just like you know the original 50s style ranch houses like they're not you know it's comfortable I, i'm happy i pay entirely too much in rent um but part of why i rent is like there's not a uh and and that's only accentuated, you know, I have, I, I'm blessed, you know, I'm a pastor, my wife's a teacher, so, like, we, we're middle-class folks. For a lot of our folks, it's not, middle-class middle, middle class is, like, the dream. Um, right. And a lot of the people around us, you know, middle-class is the dream. And there's not enough housing. So I know in my soul it's housing, but this is why we're working with experts and discerning community, because I don't know if, the, I'm a pastor, not a real estate developer. I have no idea if that's possible. Is it possible? Can it is be? Is it even possible? Right. I, you know, how do you answer those questions? There are things called feasibility studies and market analyses that I don't know how to do. Um, you want me to. But we're bringing in the people, who, in the do, people who do, so that for 2024, we can get right. a more concrete vision of. Okay, what next? You want me to do a survey of the community's health outcomes? I'm very qualified to do that for you. You want me to figure out can affordable housing or like mixed or like mix of market rate and affordable housing work on our site? I have no idea. Um, So yeah, we are, you know, um, once we've, we're going to work, the goal for this year is we're at least going to, I would love to start that like. I would love for things to start getting built or contracts to get signed, but I want at least to finish this year, 2024 with a coherent plan. This is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. Um, Because to wait too much, you know, there's real urgency, right? We are finance limited. 
Um, yes. We are blessed to not be as broke as we once were. But the coal reserves in our steam engine are uh, not as high as we need them to be yet. So we need something to happen soon so that we're not burning through that yeah. coal reserve. Um, which brings us to uh, the third thing we're going to do, um, which is uh, we uh, finished last show with uh, get grants, you idiot. Um, we're going to work on getting grants so that we're not idiots. We're going to, yeah. We're going to. Yep. We're going to recognize that even now we have to be very intentional about how do we fund the show? Because we went into 2023 thinking we had really had a short term fix to very quickly drop expenses. And that would allow us to staff up and that would allow us a level of sustainability. And that just didn't pan out. Right. Um, Our expenses at the end of 2023 are only higher than they were at the beginning of 2023. And so we don't have that like quick financial fix of I can, without alter impacting programming, we can drop the cost through the floor. And so then this money that whatever money we have can just last that did, just didn't, that's the thing that fundamentally just didn't pan out. And so, well, we're alive and again, praise God, but to stay the project we're on now is far longer, right? We may not even have a coherent plan for a year and then even more time to then like build things. So implement said plan might take years, might take years. And so we, you know, this is, we are no longer like early in Paul's ministry where it's like, yeah, no end times come on Thursday. Don't buy milk. Jesus is coming back before you're going to need more milk. Don't get married. No one's got time. You don't have time. And then <laughs> eventually even Paul has to be like, okay, no, settle in, get married, get jobs. Thess- Thessalonians get jobs. Right. You cannot plant your fields, please, plant your fields. Cause you're going to need the food next season. You need the food mm-hmm. next season. So we, we are now in the like, okay, Jesus is okay. Com- now, what fields can we plant? What, where's yeah, the seeds? Where's the seeds? You know, we got to make it to next. Actually, season. speaking that there may Absolutely. literally be some physical, literal, physical seed planting. Um, yes. So, which would be awesome. Yeah. So the so the fourth thing we're going to do is recognize that we need one more worship expression. I, worship service. Pick your terms. It, I don't really care. It's still not going to be drummers suspending from the ceiling. We're all sad about this. Um, we're not going to be flying. <laughs> we are. I mean, part of, <laughs> no flying I mean, drummers. No flying drummers. Um, Emily, here's what, here's, I, I've often said if I, if I'm ever tempted to uh, uh, put my face on a billboard, fire me. Um, here's the other thing. I'll, I'll, you're going to have to hold me accountable to this. I'm unlikely to do this, but if I ever uh, look at you and go, you know what we need? Flying drummers. Flying drummers. Fire me. <laughs> I will. Fire me. Just I will like, bring you back down to earth. Bring you back down to earth. Call a board <laughs> meeting and get me removed right. because Jesus Christ, if we ever get to <sighs> like, you know, what's worth tens of thousands of dollars flying drummers, man. It's very righteous gemstones. Yeah. You. Right. But if I say, <laughs> let's build a theme park, eh, then let's talk. Uh, that's an alternate <laughs> revenue scheme. Flying drummers. This is just a problem. Just uh, for show. So we need a new English worship experience because there's real beauty in both of our current services. I love them both. Um, And um, our Spanish service at 1130 
is so well crafted and well targeted and is reaching people and it's it's beautiful it is beautiful it is absolutely wonderful if y'all don't tune into that on sunday mornings yet google uh, zoom has a translate button you can watch this uh translated and it is wonderful even translated i don't speak spanish and i love watching that service so go on it to and and there's deep and there's deep beauty in our current english service our 10 you know the 10 a.m service that you and i you know have responsibility for of its Mm -hmm. intimacy of for the folks that are in there for a lot of them they've been doing you know some version of this service for 50 years and to let go of that would be a a spiritual crime um because there is deep beauty but it is not you know as a millennial family in this service i will tell you it is just not built it is not built for folks who don't necessarily know that traditional church isn't for them. If you know that traditional church is for you, you're going to, you know, we work real hard on making that a good service. And I, you know, I enjoy doing it, but it is, it's not a tradition. It is technically a blended service because we do some trims and contemporary songs and whatever. Uh, But it is very much a recognizably, a traditional format of a church service. Right. And I think that has, I know in my soul that has a deep place in the life of our congregation. Um, One of, one of the other non-negotiables that we've always had that I've always had in this process is the 10 AM service. Nothing. All we do is work to make sure that the 10 AM service is good to better, right? We, you know, moved it back in the chapel. We brought back the musicians. We've made it a better service. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, for as long as it is relevant, and maybe it'll be relevant for us forever. We have no idea. But for as long as the congregation as a whole thinks this is relevant, we're going to keep doing it, right? We're not giving away that time slot um, right. for something, you know, more my speed, right? Um, because the truth is, is, my speed is just, is the worship excellent, honoring God and spirit-filled? And it that serve, or 10 a.m. is as much as our 1130 is, just in wildly yeah. different ways. But neither of those services really reach the majority of the people around us. And so, Nikki Haley, I why do I keep I somehow sorry. Um I get um scammers pretending to be Nikki Haley text me three times a day. Um and so lovely. it's lovely. Um I yeah, uh-huh. I mm-hmm. Great. Um so we need something additional, not instead, right? This is right. In addition to that 10 a.m. English service, we need another English expression to meet the needs of the people who are around us that don't speak Spanish, who don't speak Spanish or for whom, you know, life is fully bilingual. And so it's less about language and more about an identity and more about, well, you know, I bounced off of my parents' church and whatever. Like we need something that is, we have some wonderful things for folks who know that church is for them. We don't, we talk a lot about like things for people who don't know the church is for them, but we don't do them. And so this is one of those, especially now that we know we're, 
staying. We know on this rock we take our stand, right? I, I could procrastinate this when I thought, well, we'll wait until we get to the new spot, right? There isn't a new yeah. spot. There may be some new... Now th- that we know there's not a new spot, we know that we can build something right. here and so, in this current spot. And so that is... That is something we're doing this year. And the last thing um, I'll mention really quickly is that uh, we're going to make uh, this studio that neither of us are in at the moment um, was built with video game live streaming in mind um, that there are. And, and we've and I think we'll get some of them on the show soon of like other Christian video game streamers of like that is this major way in which <laughs> the world interacts. And, you know, I, I, I certainly come from a background of that and so we're gonna actually do it this is, and this is very much just i'm committing to it publicly because i i'm the problem um some of it is time but some of it is just i can always time. say it well time is the, actually the problem well but no but time and and commitment right it is somewhat of just i need to just do it um and so anyways these are our plans uh, for 2024 by all means email us excuse me at the end of the year and tell us how did we do um and we'll do an episode where we'll we'll tell you um but if you have feedback uh, for us or want to be a part of the conversation just email us the goodness of god pod at gmail.com the goodness of god pod at gmail.com uh this show um and everything we do at the servants now media lab is made possible by a generous grant um the text annual conference an innovators grant with the text annual conference the united methodist church um if you want to see more of what we've got going on here it's servants now on all the things um on except twitter um uh on tiktok talk on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and then servantsnow.org on YouTube, on the web, on the internet things. Yes, that. Mm-hmm. I know this. Um, in the meantime, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. We'll see you next week.